legit as hell. Yeah. That's the important part. Son of a gun. Second time's the charm. We were recording the original one, and five minutes into it, we're just like, wait a minute. The cables aren't connected up properly. Mm, Take two, take two. Take two. Okay, uh, let's redo what we did in the last one. This is exactly what we did in the last one. Ratatatata. Ratatata. Hello, and welcome back to another episode, or Officially, episode one of the List podcast, on the sofa, back in the annex. I'm Bo. I'm T. And it's great to be here again. Technically, he comes here like three, four times a week, so he's always here. It's great to be here in front of a camera, staring at a lens, I guess. <laughs> Why are you lying to them? Tell them it's on a phone. <laughs> Tell them we're yeah, recording no. via a phone. <laughs> okay, a sweet. Phone, we're recording on a phone. Mm, Why, it's got phone. good quality audio, though. See this lighting. See this lighting? Yeah. This lighting? Completely free. Mm. Up my mum's. <laughs> anyway, man. T, how you doing? I'm good, man. I've been chilled. I had quite a chilled out day at work today. Can't complain. Doesn't... Just no kids at school. Just for co- I work in a school as a TA in the... In the... Send department, essentially do a lot of different things but yeah no kids today so pretty easy how was your weekend weekend hmm so the friday i did something but i don't remember what oh, the friday we went to watch the all blacks game oh yeah we did that and was then, a complete blowout yeah and then however capuzzo got me 42 points yeah i saw overtook you though ah uh, <laughs> but it's not my look my pimpy got injured yeah no nah, i captained him as well oh i, ca- oh, oh, I feel I so bad fuming. Because I was literally like, I was literally throwing insults. I was like, oh, how did I put you at fullback and you got four points? Useless. I'm like, oh, you got injured. Dang. Yeah. No, it was a bad one as well. He like, he's had some kind of fracture on his cheek or some sh- or something. That's no good. He's out of the World Cup now. Well, yeah, no, because I saw that uh, Am came in to mm. take his spot in the team. Yeah. Um, Which I was surprised did you see about. The, did you see the tackle? No, I didn't. I was... It was uh, head on. Oh. But because it because the because the tackler was already going down on his knees, he was already going low. He the when they TMO'd it, the referee didn't give him a yellow. But oh, it's because that uh, the player making a tackle was low enough, but mm. M- Pimpy went into the tackle. Yeah, kind of. It, it was it. It looked painful. Like it swelled up straight away. Oh, it's like one of those boxing ones when you know mm. when you get banged really easily in the face, just swells up. Yeah. Oh man! Nah, it was it was on the Saturday. I didn't really do much. Didn't you go to Wasps? I did. Oh yeah, I did go to Wasps. Watch the London Kiwis. I watched the London Kiwis. I was meant to meet someone, and obviously they got caught up with work, so which was fine. And then I was watching London Kiwis, who I don't know who they played against, but they played against a team in a kit. And then I watched another game, literally on the pitch next to them. It was. London Japan versus Ricelip. The only reason I know it was Ricelip because I recognised their kit because I played against them one time. And London Japan are the other home team. But yeah, I was imagining the London Japan game. The referee, like the kickoff was delayed by like nearly forty minutes because what? it's something to do with the referee. You're not sure. Taking long, like he showed, but he was just I don't know what happened. But the players were mad because I was thinking, oh, it's two o'clock and it's a two o'clock kickoff and these lot are still warming up. And then I just heard the players just complaining. Because the referee like went into the changing rooms, he came late. I, I don't know what happened, but 
it's typical like amateur sport like happens i mean just be thankful they got a game yeah no to be they played the game it looked like a good game both teams were really up for it and london kiwi's game was a bit more like one-sided it was a bit more one-sided from what I saw, I, I did get a bit fed up and I like and I went sat and sat inside. It was weird because it was like I was chilling and I went out by myself. But like, my bad. I just had to, yeah. I didn't want to burp into the into the microphone. It was, we don't want to make an ASMR mm. video. But no, so just similar to how the all we left ten minutes before the All Blacks game. Mm. Yeah, it was a great it was game. It's a great game. Yeah, great play. Just all blacks being better than the team in front of them. <laughs> Italy. Yeah, I mean, they're very good though. They're quite decent, you know. Mm. World Cup winning decent, we'll see. But don't know about that. Yeah. Don't know about. They're always that. a problem though. They're always churning out quality players. Yeah. But Just yeah, what about you? If you believe it or not, I actually went to the game and to the pub. To watch the game on Friday. No way. Mm. Got a nice little carbonara the, pasta. The All Blacks. Oh yeah, were you there? Yeah. Oh sweet. <laughs> I, I Bro, sorry, I was I was with people. I didn't recognize you, eh? Oh yeah. Nah. We totally didn't go together. Totally to didn't the game. go together whatsoever. No. no, it was decent though because we went to a different pub. Yeah. And the different social spot. level completely the same as any mm. other pub. Literally, tons of Kiwi fans there watching mm. the game. Just having fun, you know. I pissed off a lot of them because I spent the whole time watching the football <laughs> rather than watching the rugby. Look, man, you, you you know what the score for rugby was going to be. That's fine. Yeah, you no. didn't know what the score between Sevilla and Barcelona were going to be. I mean, I thought we... I, I support Sevilla. Um, I thought we were going to get smoked, but we didn't. We lost 1-0 and we had our chances to to score goals. Um, it was a own goal at the end, which is a bit annoying, but... I mean, I would have taken not getting smoked 5-0. So, I mean, a 1-0 loss is uh, it's quite depressing. But, I mean, it's not depressing. But, uh, you live. It could always yeah. be worse. Always be worse. Always be yeah, worse. Nah. That but, was my Friday. My Saturday. Uh, I had a pretty chill morning. As I do every morning on a Saturday. Which doesn't include me going to work. Um mm. Had had a lot of carbs. Had a monster that was sugar and caffeine, so like a proper like full sugared monster. Mm. And I think that gave me the energy to like be hyped for about four or five hours after having it, which is great because I had a rugby game. Mm. And we played Aylesbury away. They had a nice four G pitch. Ooh. And I got into the warming up right, and I was like doing some kicking for warming up. Honestly, I missed every single kick. I c couldn't get my bearings together for kicks. I think I was too excited and everything just went spoof. Well, like a, a like booting it kick or like a, a, drop a kick. Out of hand kick, drop kicks, off a tee. I just, oh, I you, felt- you, you went for it. You was feeling yourself. I was feeling myself and I was the only one warming up on my whole team. I was like, ah, mm. this is great. I'm embarrassing myself. I know, but it was all right. It was my first game back, 80 minutes. And uh, yeah, no, it was- we won 26-22. It was a hard-fought game. I made three tackles. Okay, I attempted three tackles. I missed one. And I got two. That's the important part. Two. 
He plays on the wing though, so there's a lot of times he don't do anything. I didn't do anything for like the first twenty minutes. Mm. The other other winger opposite me was uh, was giving it uh, was giving it big balls chat. He was like, "Oh yeah, this, that, the other." Then he looked at me, and I don't think he realized who he was talking to. Not in a negative way. It's just that I have zero chat on the rugby pitch, <laughs> and <laughs> he was like to me. Oh, mate, as a winger, you must have some great chat. And I think he wanted a response from that. I just looked at him and was like, no, don't, don't know, don't know anything about chat. He was kind of flabbergasted. He was like, kind of like, what? I was like, no, mate, sorry, no chat. I've never been one for like chatting it up on the pitch. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of guys that like to do little sugar talk. Yeah, I like me? to get into your head. Just like, or, or like when they scream really hard in front of you when they get a turnover or something. Yeah, I've never been one for the. I've just kind of, you know, eh, just doing what I'm doing. Mm. I only made one comment. I was like, you're a decent winger. It's a shame you're up against me. Well, that's a bit of a chat, though. That's a bit of a chat, though. I can't lie. <laughs> oh, look, I had to put him in his place. He, mm. he, look, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, I got called. I got told I'm bold because it makes me more aerodynamic by my brother. And, you know, just crack on with the game. Sunday, 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 it was great. I wasn't hungover because I didn't feel the social urge to drink. I actually felt kind of ill from drinking to a certain point. Mm. And, yeah. The reason we're really going in depth into our weekends because we're kind of actually... This is the first episode we're going to do an interview where Tarek takes reign over the whole podcast and interviews me. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm going to be talking to Bo about his life, his rugby playing career, and just his story. And we get a good chance to learn about Bo in good detail. When I was a young boy, I used to hook onto a f ship sailing to the UK. And then, during the cold winters, I sneaked off, found family, and now I'm here in the country. 25 years later, no one knows my story. But mm. now, unless, we shall unveil it. <laughs> so, for context, Bo is a rugby player. He plays rugby union predominantly. Recently, in the last couple of years, got into rugby league. So we're going to delve into a little bit of, of that. But you know what? Um, for context, you want to say who you play for? I mean, if people were interested enough, they could find out. So, Well, let me tell you mm. and you who I play for. Sure. During the winter months... So during the rugby union season, so I currently it. play for Amersham and Chilton, known as the Red and White Dynamite. Finished second last season, and this is my second year with them at a level six club. Sweet. During the summer, I played rugby league, and I play for West Warriors. Also, my second, just finished my second season with them. We lost in the grand finals, but we are a top contender team, and yeah, Top of the amateur pyramid in the country. Sometimes mm. play international rugby. Yeah, so if his name didn't give it away, Bo, Boyan 
Chechrich. Boyan Chechrich is not English man. He's a Serbian. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool fact. You get to play for your country on a regular. I wouldn't Sem- say semi-regular. Once or twice. Once or twice, whenever they call me. No, yeah, it's, so. it's, it's hard being international for countries that don't really... Like, obviously, there's the aspect of you want to play because, you know, it's in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to play it for for the pride of wearing it for your country. But sometimes when you don't feel a part of the squad, you just don't really want to play for them at all. Mm. Well, you know what? We'll get into that in a little bit. Mm. So, um, you know, we'll take it from the top. How old were you when you started playing rugby? And well, how did you get into it? So, rugby wasn't my first sport. I background, my mum and dad came to the country uh 90s dad played a decent level of football oh swear. Back, back in like semi-pro that's what he tells me oh fair. i, I don't know, know if it's that. true or not but that's what he tells me he played semi-pro football back in bosnia and his one comment to me which really sticks at me to this day is if i trained as half as much as you did for football i'd be a pro by now and i was like cheers dad that makes me feel so good about myself <laughs> but look he he hasn't trained as half as much as i do so you know he could have been a pro. I could have been rich. Oh, well. Mm. My mum was a judoka for Yugoslavia. Really? Mm. Okay. So it, she came over because she had some comps in just in like in England. And in 92, she, all of Yugoslavia was boycotted. So she was about yeah. to go to the Olympics in 92. But I was all boycotted uh, because of politics, because Yugoslavia wasn't really liked. Was that, uh, was, was that the time that the country began to split? It's the time the country just wasn't just wasn't vibing together. Okay. Uh, you want the whole cake, but you can't get a slice. That's mm. Yugoslavia in a nutshell. Uh, and then '96, she was boycotted again, not by political means, by my dad. She was pregnant with my brother. Nice. So she had two chances to go to the Olympic Games, and both times she was stopped by external forces. Well, to be fair, the second second one was an internal force. And yeah, that's why she always had the dream of my brother or I going to the Olympics. So when I was younger, I got tossed into judo. Okay. How old was younger? Like when I was like four or five. Okay. My dad did the the dad thing of throwing me into football, Mm. into basketball, tennis, anything to not keep me on the streets they're like three would you would i be right in saying that those are probably like the three top sports in serbia those are like the three top sports in serbia you've got two world-class athletes in basketball and and tennis yeah exactly we are currently the best 3v3 in the world currently the best mvp as well in nikola Jokic and the best tennis player currently as well with novak djokovic I don't care what anyone says. I said my points. Come at me. Mm. Okay, so football, basketball, tennis, judo, tennis. So yeah, I was flinged in sport to sport, and my parents, not being from the country, they didn't know what rugby was. Mm. So, a lot of the time, they kind of like tried to shout at me from external things. So like, I wasn't really 
I didn't really go out with my friends a lot when I was younger. Okay. Because my parents were like, look, you can do sports, go to school, come home, like everything, like hanging out on the streets. Nah. Mm. When I say hanging out on the streets, I don't mean like, you know, like hanging play- out on the streets. Like I playing mean, like out. playing outside. Like my mum, my parents weren't really fond of that. They were like, look, you can do whatever you like on holiday, but like during school time, you've got your sports, you've got your education. Stick to that. That's fair enough. And then when I was about 11, 12, I went on my last judo competition. Okay. It was in Belgium. Ooh. And I got yeeted. So I was a chubby kid. Really? I was a chubby kid, yeah. I was... Uh, I should have done more research before this. <laughs> I should have asked you more should things. should have asked more questions. <laughs> in, our, in our several years of friendships, you've been like, oh, what were you as a kid? I was like, bro, I was a chubby kid as a kid, man. No, I was a chubby kid, so I got put into the higher weight class for judo. And I got completely slumped. Oof, rough. And then I said, I'm never going to do judo again. I mean, would you say that confidence is easily affected by at a young age? So or for you in your case particularly? My when I was younger, I used to hate doing things. Yeah. I used to not want to do sports. I was like, I'm content with not doing anything. But my parents were like, look, you can't be in the house all day. You have to do sports. Mm. And my confidence came from the fact my mum used to yell at me at judo competitions. You know, motherly loving that. Uh, she was perfectly fine with me getting thrown in judo. Mm. Uh, and she would be like, no, nah, you can't do that. You got to do this. And one time she actually put me in a judo hold and I was like, I was tapping out. I was like, mum, get off me. I don't like this anymore. And no, it's just that my mental resilience in judo was my mum. She used to kind of push me to do everything I needed to do. She'd be mm. like, look, you got to grab him there. You got, like, she was my main, like, she was basically my coach, my fan, my everything. And the one time I went somewhere without her, completely destroyed. That's really interesting. Destro- she- destroyed my ego, destroyed everything. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. In a way, like, you could say it's a bit of an oxymoron because she took you out of your comfort zone making you do sport, but then at the same time, she herself was your comfort zone. Yeah, so she, she'll never, she's always kind of upset about that, that I never stuck to judo. Mm. Even though my brother was probably the better athlete out of both of us. In general or just judo? general, he's always been the better athlete it was just one thing i'm a masochist i love being in, i love being in pain for some reason so when i got to year seven so i want to get to secondary school in here went to gunnersbury which was a, just a normal state school and they didn't have any other sport but rugby mm. so yeah so when i was 12 13 Gunnersbury was a boys only school as well, isn't it? I feel like that's I don't know. I, I don't wanna say things about fact, but like a lot of boys only school predominantly focus on rugby. But then at the same time someone could be like, Oh, I went oh boys only school and we never play rugby but I, I'd say a lot of schools in England just focus on rugby. Mm. Just like a lot of not a lot okay. of football. Like if you wanna do football you go to a football academy. I mean, it's not as simple as going to a fo- I mean, yeah, you go to a football academy but Obviously, there's the what being f- good enough to play True. for a football academy. But there is Sunday League and there is like... I mean, Chelsea Chelsea School, Chelsea Academy yeah. was a football football school in Chelsea. Yeah. But that's also because it's Chelsea, so... 
I mean, but then is that the legit football academy? No, nah, it's, like... it's just just like a school. Yeah. Um. So how did you get introduced to rugby then when you started secondary school? Because I was a chubby kid, and they were like, "We have no other sport but rugby." Mm. And my brother at that time, he was a year above me. He's he'll always be a year above me because he's a year older than me, and. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. I know, I know. Keep talking, bro. And uh, he was playing rugby. So I was like, oh, let me look up to my brother who's playing rugby, who's better than me, who's faster than me, who's more skillful than me. And from playing rugby at school, getting introduced there, learning the rules slowly, uh, I also went to my local club, which was Wasps FC, where they used to be the professionals, but then they moved... They moved out. The academy moved from there as well. So Coventry. Yep. I was think- I was gonna say Canterbury. I was like that. No, that's wrong. It's Coventry. Good they moved to Coventry. Here. And now they and now they moved out of Coventry and they don't exist. R.I.P. R.A.H. R.A.H. Ra. Ra. And then I went from playing. So basically playing second team at school, and second team at Wasps FC. To enjoying it, but also my mum comes back to the equation. Okay. She did not know a single thing about rugby. And I'll be honest, she still doesn't know a single thing about rugby. She knows we only passed the ball backwards, that's it. And the first few times she came to watch me play, she nearly ran onto the pitch. She's like, Oh, you can't be doing that to my kid. You can't be you can't be roughing up my son like that. I'm like, Mum, it's okay. Stop. Please. So, yeah, in, in about f- 14 years of me playing sport, she finally caught on to the fact that, like, she doesn't have to come and save me. Mm. She doesn't have to come and save her baby boy on the pitch. Okay. Yeah, well, funny enough, my mum refuses to watch any rugby game I've ever played because she doesn't want to see me do rugby stuff and get hurt or whatever. <sighs> just it's funny. It's funny how, how that element of care just doesn't, the element of care if I don't see it happen then it doesn't really like bother me mm. you know my mum's been through the, through the through the sticks with me mm. when it comes to rugby so many times in A&E just for like dumb stuff mm. mainly for mainly for my nose yeah I think I've displaced and broken my nose about like four or five times your nose could be worse though I'm still a pretty boy it's fine yeah, yeah. still there <laughs> but nah, man. Um, so um, so that was my start into rugby. So secondary school, your brother, my brother, your brother was probably the biggest influence. But then you being a chubby kid probably yeah. helped them be like, "Come here, boy. Like, come, come here, boy. We're gonna put you right here." Okay. So currently, I'm a winger, but I used to be a uh, second row. Oh, you really, you really played everywhere. I played everywhere. So I went into the props for a bit. Didn't know how to prop to save my life. Mm. Still don't. Went to the second row and all I got told was to push. And I was like, fair. Hey, can you, can you run with the ball? I can run with the ball. And I realized it, I think, during like my second or third year of playing rugby. Mm. I was good at running with the ball. Okay. Because uh, there was one day I wasn't picked for the squad. And we had PE that same day. And the ball got kicked off. I caught it. And I ran past the whole other team during PE. 
and I scored a try, and I was like, nice. Thumbs up, nice. Then my coach comes and pulls me aside, and he's like, Boyan, are you free after school today to play rugby? And I was like, ah, sweet. Was that your first game? Or was no, that game? was just me playing like two, three years into it. It's like, you know, just a bit of... But that was like from when you moved from like the tight five kind of positions to a bit further back. To being a flanker. Okay. So, so I, went, I went to the back row, but I was still... I only transitioned to being a back when I was 18 for a bit. And then when I got into about three, four years ago. Mm. So I was always a forward, but I played like a back. Yeah. I mean, you being in the backs makes sense, having seen you played and having played with you. Um, but yeah, no, that's quite, those are quite big transitions just positionally. So yeah. what was the what was the social aspect like while you were growing up of playing rugby, for like school mm. and club? Like when you first started, what was it like? Everyone just knew so much more than I did, because mm. I came into it kind of late. Everyone was kind of like, oh, I like this that every. Even nowadays, I have no clue about specific rugby players. Mm. This that the other. Like honestly, I. I still c I couldn't give two, two, two cuts what it could monkeys. be really two monkeys what it could be, because I just don't I like watching it, I like playing it, but getting into like the nitty gritty and like all of the rugby gnaws, I just oh it's just so it's so boring like mm. even with football I honestly I can't give you a starting eleven like I can't be like my starting eleven I don't know eleven players. Yeah, you'll be like, is that one guy from Barcelona? One guy from I was like, I just don't know the team. Like you could say like a like a bait bait guy, but oh, I could say a bait guy like Erling Haaland, Eric yeah. Haaland, but like I can't really Erling Erling. Erling. You Erling. said it right the first time. <sighs> now I was saying the British version afterwards. Oh fair. Nah, I just don't. I don't have that much enthusiasm for knowing specific people in rugby because I've mm. had a lot of my teammates are like, oh yeah, I played with this guy that went to Saracen's Academy, I had this guy that, uh, England under 18s, this guy, this guy. It's always been these people that played a high level of rugby. And I'm just there like, yeah, I went to state school. So, um, was the, what was, how was it um, culturally in school? Because, I mean, you went to state school in London. So, like, was it was it, was it it different to anything than you, that you were used to? Or was it just, like, your mates from school and how it is? Mates from school are how it is. But, honestly, I'll say it right now. My mates from school, just... The reason they were mates with me is because I played rugby and that was it. Mm. In terms of personality, they I was... I'd say I was the complete opposite of what they were. Because mm. they'd always be like, yeah this house party, this place, we're going to go X, Y, Z at like 16, 17 years old. And I'm there 16, 17 years old, you know, spend basically several hours with them at school, then go play rugby, put my body on the line with the boys. And afterwards, zero inter interaction. Mm. I, feel like a f I felt like a few of my like teammates actually didn't like me at all whilst I was playing mm. rugby. How did that make you feel, not being liked? 
especially well, at that age. I I didn't care that much. Okay, that's that's interesting. I think my biggest thing was I couldn't care what others cared about me. That's really interesting. Just because that, I mean, everyone's different, but like at that age, that that probably would have really bothered me. Oh no, honestly, I I kind of got into it because my own worst enemy is myself. And I kind of like, I'm critical of myself. But when someone mm. else says something, I'm just like, look, I just couldn't care that much about your opinion. Mm. Even like people attempting to bully me at school. Mm. I kind of had to stick on them. Like, who are you bullying? Like, what? Like, you're you're 18 years old. You're at school. You, you look like a complete mug with your tie looking thicker than a bar of Snickers. No, but honestly, you know the, pe- you know the people I'm talking about. The ones that like try to act up. Mm. in front of you mm. and they're like oh this An that the other and i'm so like look i just stick on them like, look i'm part of the rugby team uh, it means so- it doesn't mean i might be stronger than you but i will dump you into the bins mm. and i don't i don't know one really laughed and i've actually i had to dump one of my teammates into a rugby bin because he was taking the mick out of me so much wow so how did that come about it's just I was an easy target for people when I was younger, mm. even though I played rugby. And, you know, you see, you have those, like, fallacies, those imaginary, like, points. You're like, if I play sports, if I'm good enough, people won't bully me. Mm. Yet, at school, I was always kind of, I was still picked on whilst playing sport. And even though I was just like really nice guy, this, that, the other, it made it easier for people to pick on me. Mm. Like I had, I don't think I had a solid set of friends. I might have had like a handful, like three or four, but like having like a massive group of friends, I wouldn't even classify my rugby teammates as my friends. They were just my teammates. (laughs) Yeah. I'm joking. It kind of got to me at one point. I was like, I just don't like anyone here. Mm. And then it makes it harder for me to play because I'm putting my body on the line for people that wouldn't do the same for me. Okay, so if we um switch it up a tiny bit in terms of wasps, how did you get into wasps? So when I got into wasps, uh, it was because I was playing rugby at uni. Uh, oh, uh, so rug, no, no, no. I was playing rugby at school. Sorry. Uni's yeah. a bit okay, further that's away. A different, that's a different story. I was playing rugby at school and I was like, I want to go play club rugby too. So I went to I went to Wasps and a lot of my mates from primary school were there. Okay. That I haven't seen in a while. And they were like, oh boy, I had a long time. And like, they actually honestly did care mm. way, way more than people that were hung around. Mm. I think it might have been the fact that I don't see them as much. So I don't know exactly how they are 24 7 mm. but even then like you know thursday night choose tuesday night thursday night trainings uh sunday games like i got invited to go out with my mates and his and his dad to go watch the fulham game and like honestly i felt so loved and mm. i felt a proper connection there with the with the club or with the, with the club and with the club itself with the people there just Mm. We were literally, so my age group going through WASP was known as like one of the better age groups in its history because we just went constantly undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. And it's just, if I could do it again, I would. Oh, okay. So that was a much more positive experience. 
complete contrast to what you went through in school. Oh, gosh. So how did like going back to school, how did it feel like going back to school to play rugby feel? And then how did it feel going to WAS when you weren't in school? If you get what I'm saying. So I... I'd never really changed my personality going from school to wasps and wasps to school because I was just the same person. Yeah, yeah. And going to wasps was just fun because, you know, you get kind of like, it's not, you have a bit of downtime, go to wasps, you see your friends, you don't see that often. It's a bit happier. And like, you know, there's no stress of like representing a school because, mm. you know, with schools, you have like certain certain criteria is like you know you need to have you need to be like not in detention you need to do xyz and ov- and obviously because i didn't like school as it was doing anything for school kind of kind of just felt kind of repulsive mm. even like playing rugby with school oh god it's just so many times we'd get a coach trip out of like out of west london and go back into West London off the A40 on the M40 and stuff like that. We'd be in Ealing. And it'd be another 25 minutes to get to the school. However, if I got off at Ealing, it'd be a 10 minute walk for me to get home. Mm. And That's every single time, never allowed to get off the coach. And then I was like, look, people respect me for me playing rugby. That's cool. But people don't respect me as a person. And that was like, I could, I knew it straight away from, I could see the coaches like, look, Boyan, nice guy, but as a person, don't really respect him. As a rugby player, I respect him a bit more. That's cool. Say that first to me. But people at Wasps, they respect me as a person, as an individual, and as a rugby player. Okay, so I'm going to throw the two big words. If you can recall from that far, how do you think that affected your mental health, your mental state? Because it's constant contrast. You're constantly going from one kind of environment and set of relationships to another. It, like opposites. Like. Let's put it this way. I came back into school for sixth form. And the first comment I got from one of my teammates was like, oh, mate, you got a decent haircut. I might actually, I might actually have to start inviting you out to the parties with us. Mm. As opposed to in wasps being like you know you do training or you do a sunday and a saturday and you'd be able to spend time with your mates afterwards mm. but they wouldn't like you know you, you like the bar was set like you know you're only there for like a couple of hours but then people would like in oh, like uh they used to call me fluffy back in the day i was like fluffy what are you uh doing after this do you want to go grab food a lot of us would go grab food at Nando's. Oh, mm. Fluffy, you free on the weekend. We want to go watch a football game. Like, Dad's taking us X, Y, and Z. It's just, you know, it's actually like, there wasn't a criteria to be that guy mm. in order to get invited out. It was just like, you know, my personality and who I was as a person, regardless if I was playing in the first team or second team, I just got, just got asked to go out with Wasps whilst mm. with school. You know, you have to be cool. You have to look a certain way, act a certain way. I mean, there's a lot of little pressures at school that you that you put yourselves under. Even even working in school now, I see kids doing the same thing just mm. to try fit in. But when 
it's 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 quite disheartening to hear that when you were doing something that would that could or should make you fit in you're excluded and like in a way like from my experience in rugby that's not what rugby is about i mean it's it's not like you're gonna get on with every single one of your teammates but to, to to be marginalized like that that's that's a lot so um so let's talk about from school to uni then. So how was that transition, first of all? School to uni, that was, it was a rough summer for me because my granddad passed away Rest going in into peace. uni. Rest in peace. And I was going into Loughborough. And obviously we all know Loughborough being... Sporty uni. The sportiest uni around. And I'll be honest... I just I should have taken more advantage of what, I, what position I was in, but I was young, I was impressionable, and I just wanted to, you know, I want after being in school for so long, I felt more like I wanted to fit in more mm. than actually wanting to use what I got given. In terms of what you got given, so the the opportunity to go to Loughborough to be part of the rugby team, mm. everything like that, I just wanted to be more a part of it. So the two, I felt like the three years I spent on Loughborough in terms of sports wise were completely like wasted. I wasted three years playing, trying to play rugby at Loughborough to gain nothing from it. And in my third year, I actually stopped playing rugby. I was actually thinking of giving up. Well, so we'll talk about how we got, how that happened in a second. So um, obviously university, exciting time. You move to another city, town, whatever Loughborough is. Don't know much about it other than it's got a great sporting uni. Um, so um, what was how was what was it like living away from home and did, what, did you live in halls or? So I lived in halls for two years. I was a sports sec for a sports secretary for one of the halls, one of the accommodations. And the best part about being in halls, you just make so many new like friends. Mm. For that year, let me clarify: you make friends for that year mm. because I'd say ninety nine percent of the people that I went to school with, I went to uni with. There's just zero contact. You know, there might be a like on a photo or a follow on social media and that's pretty much it. But that's perfectly fine. You know, you can't yeah. you can't spend every waking moment and every waking hour uh, texting someone or messaging someone. Because if you did, if you spent that time messaging every single person you ever knew, you wouldn't have enough time to do anything else in life. Mm. I mean, like, it's life, isn't it? You meet people, people are for either phases in your life or people are there to stay. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's that's how I see life and people you meet and interactions. But yeah, so... What about the rugby uni, the uni rugby culture? Is that, was that a thing? <laughs> like, It rumors? was... It's vile. Really? It is any... Look, I'm going to get so much hate on this, but I'll say it right now. Sports at universities, socializing is vile. The things they do to people, the things you do on nights out as a social, sociable person in sports at university is by far my least liked thing about university. It's They take advantage of first years they it's okay let me let me reiterate reiterate that 
they take advantage of first years being like like wanting to fit in so they get to like pressure them into doing whatever they like and you know i'm not a, i'm not a massive drinker like if i want to go out for drinks and get merry i will gladly but in t- like getting to that level of drunkness is just kind of it's it's it makes me feel ill and that's the one thing i learned the hard way about rugby the the drinking culture and the playing culture are so it's intertwined mm. so we'd be on an eight hour coach trip up to st andrews and on the way back and it's an eight hour coach trip of just drinking mm. just constantly drinking and as a 18 19 20 year old you have literally nothing else to do but drink on that coach trip back you can't really enjoy yourself in peace and i remember literally falling asleep on the floor of the coach waking up several hours later and the first thing that's been given to me is someone pouring cider into my mouth to drink it and you're still like ha 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 that's funny but when you take a perspective out of that when you look at it from a distance you're like wait a minute that was kind of that was kind of fucked that was kind of oh like that like you were forced to drink and yeah you can say no but then there's one issue people look down on you peer pressure the peer pressure like people say oh uh you know you can always say no and that's perfectly fine you can say no and i i push the motion to say no but if you do people are like oh i can't say no because they're gonna look down on me i can't say no because of this and i was like i was like bro honestly just if you don't want to do it say no and if it's not your cup of tea just find somewhere else to go so my third year i quit rugby <laughs> So um, just to rewind it back a tiny bit, when did you like learn about the? Because obviously you were playing rugby growing up as a youth, like essentially. So when did that? When did you come to that realization of the drinking culture being a big part of the rugby culture? So I always knew going to going to university would be like, you know, you go out more, you go out for drinks, this, that, the other. But before university, I never really got used to go out. I never really used to go out to the beer, to the pubs to drink and stuff like that. I used to have like, maybe if I went out, I'd have like one beer or one cider and just call it a day. But like literally the first night of university, I was kind of shocked as to what social culture was at university. And then I got even more disturbed at what social culture was when I went out with the rugby boys. How much of, because you said how um, growing up, especially when you're younger, I mean, obviously you get a bit more independence as you get older. How did that kind of, not sheltered, but you know, the sport, school, home, life impact how you were able to socialise when you got older? I'm not saying it in like a way that it's a bad way or a bad thing, but I mean, obviously it's quite a transition from growing up living that kind of life to going to university and you kind of got free reigns of independence. So I spent the, I spent the first two years of university trying to please everyone. Mm. I thought if I could please everyone, I could be friends with everyone. And I've, I've changed up my personality a lot mm. into first, second year. Because you're always trying to make everyone happy. Of course. Even in sport, like even at rugby, like, you know, I, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that, make everyone happy. Mm. But, like, trying to make everyone happy, when I, like, kind of 
was by myself, I felt really unhappy. I felt really sad. I felt, oh, I feel, I feel crap about myself because X, Y, and Z. So I felt really uncomfortable being around. And I, I still kind of do it to this day. I feel really uncomfortable drinking a lot with people. Like if I have a moment to sit down and to have like a f breath of fresh air, I feel really like out. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Don't want to be drinking. Don't want to be here. I'd rather just go home. Mm. And during my third year, that's what I did. So I stopped going out, out. I stopped trying to appease everyone. I just became who I am now. Just, you know, just the person I am now is more or less someone I would have rather been in my first two years of uni. Mm. But then again, you know, you're still young, you're still learning, and I feel like every day is a, a new learning day for me. Of course. So was there a was there a moment where you was there a one specific moment where you decided, mm, yeah, I don't want to do that, like between the end of your second year and the start of your third year. So before my third year, I was uh, playing game, and I got I landed badly on my shoulder. And it kind of just caused me an injury. Okay. But, like, it's an injury where it'd take a couple of months to rehab. And after so many injuries, after, like, you know, getting my nose, like, broken a few times, ankles gone, breaking bones, this being is, injured. This is growing up. This is my whole rugby career. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to a point, I'm like, I just don't want to play rugby anymore. Mm. I just can't do it anymore. Don't want to play rugby at university. I hate it. Why am I here? Stopped it. A whole year of rugby just completely missed at one of the best sporting universities in the country. Wow. And how did that make you feel? when, like, Because on one hand, you kind of got the relief of not putting your body at risk. But on the other hand, well, as you said, a year missed. I mean, obviously, you, you, no regrets now has happened. It's the past. But I mean, how did you feel then at that moment in during that period? I felt, I felt confused, conflicted. Okay. Telling people, um, I don't play rugby anymore. And them asking why, I'm like, just don't play rugby anymore. Just sacked it off. Mm. Telling people back home, I'm not coming back to London for the weekend. Why? Don't play rugby anymore. Quit. So that was, it wasn't a dark year. It was a year where I had to figure my stuff, figure my crap out and just, you know, it was the year before COVID as well. So it wouldn't just be a year of playing, missing rugby. It'd be like a year and a bit of missing rugby out. It'd be longer than a year and it was that basically two years. Yeah, so it was like two years out of rugby and finally came back into it during the COVID period when it all kind of settled down. Yeah, because that was, that was a really weird period for the sport as a whole. Yeah, it was like we tried to introduce specific playing rules and everything even, like that. Even even before that, it's like we kind of had a season. I mean, I, w I, I didn't play that them times, but there was... I, thought, I remember the season, usually, usually the season can finish as early as March or April. Yeah. Or even before. But then, so there was kind of a season that year. But then whether it finished or it just got cut off early, 
I don't know. I don't remember. Those that's that's the that's the dark times. Mm. We we reinvented the wheel and made fire. Now we're in the new age post COVID. So how did you get out of that dark period of uh, w- when you were at university? What kind of yeah? What what were you doing instead? And what coping no, mechanisms was, were you uh, using? I was training harder than I was before. I was uh, weightlifting. I was training triathlons. I was running, swimming, cycling. I was putting my body body under distress, which came would have come more naturally playing rugby versus doing everything else. Okay. And I'll be honest, I just would have rather trained all day doing those things than have thought about anything else. Because mm. when you're training, when you're doing stuff as an individual, you don't have people telling you anything. You're just like, look, I got to do this for myself, that, this, the other, and just kept kept running. Because running made it easier. Yeah. Just. Yeah, no, running just. I just ran really. So. You just sort of doing as much as possible to not think and to not wonder and to not feel left behind in a way yeah honestly I think when I say I'd stop playing rugby my third year I think that was my worst year today Mm. it was my eating habits were was terrible I was doing anything and everything to just not think I was completely failing at life Mm. and at the end of the day, I ended up failing uni. Oh. Uh, literally, I was... M- body dysmorphia hit me. I was like, I can't do this, this, this. I was training stupidly. I was like doing two two a days. For, I was training twice a day for nothing. Mm. I was, I was doing the hybrid training program before the hybrid training program was a thing. So hybrid training is when you want to be strong, want to be lean, but also want to be uh, aerobically fit. And I was doing that before that was really popular. It didn't really work well because I'm not famous on Instagram. But then also uh, I was I was eating, like I was trying to eat clean. And when I had urges of being hungry, I would down a two litre bottle of Coke Zero. Every single night. Wow. Because I thought that if I was to ever put weight on, I would be a failure. And that's when I dropped. So my current weight being around 87 kilograms. At the time? No, right now. Oh, right so I currently now. weigh like 87 kilograms. And I don't care that much about my... I do care about my body, but I care more about performance. Mm. So if I need to eat 100 grams of carbs before the game, I'll eat 100 grams of carbs. I don't really care that much about... Oh, do I have a six pack? Do I not have a six pack? That's fine because my performance is better than my body is. Back in the other days, it was I need to be lean. I need to do this. I need to do this. Like it, social media has kind of like skewed us, so we don't know what being normal is. Mm. But at that point, I got told my body fat percentage was about like ten, eleven percent. Yeah, and I was like, wow. And I still don't have a six pack. What what am I doing wrong? So I, I went back to uh, the drawing board, wow. and I realized what the problem was. I wasn't training hard enough, so I started training even more. God, I just 
did not like myself whatsoever back at uni. It's a lot to go through. I mean, I think living a healthy lifestyle in general with exercise and a good diet is it's a commitment and it's a it's a pretty big commitment especially at the start i mean that's a real eye opener man just because you eat healthy or you eat clean and you train a lot doesn't mean you're healthy inside no and i learned that the hard way when um, you say healthy inside do you mean mentally or do you mean like physically inside or mentally and physically inside mm. just because so let's talk about let's talk about physically inside first. Inside physically, I am a perfect specimen. I only have one condi- I have two conditions. I am mildly asthmatic and I have ventricular arrhythmia. What's ventricular arrhythmia? It means my heart skips a beat ever so often. Is that when you see me? Of course, <laughs> of course, man, of course. Whenever I see you, my heart skips, 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 skips a beat. Uh, so I was in, I was in Serbia and I was getting a health screening because I was playing rugby there mm. for my club, uh, Vojvodina. And the doctor was like, yeah, so you got to get extra screenings done. I was like, why is it? Well, because your heart rate isn't normal. I was like, is it so low? That's not normal. Oh, that's because I'm really fit. It's like, no, it's just, you're missing a beat. I was like, huh? I was really confused by that. I was like, huh? What are you missing a beat? And then I had to go get another test, and another test, and another test. Honestly, those tests were just a waste of money because just because your heart skips a beat doesn't mean you're unhealthy. It just means your heart skips a beat. Sure, there are some, you know, some precautions to take, but I took all of them because I'm a healthy individual. I don't smoke, I don't drink excessively. And I have an okay diet. My body is perfectly fine, and my heart rate is pretty low because I do sports. And the skipping the beat was seen whilst I was also like at a high, high heart rate. Mm. So it'd be about six, seven beats, and then a, then a skip. But because my heart's so healthy, healthy, uh, I get enough blood pushed throughout my body, so I don't feel, I never felt like faint or anything. So then, if we talk about the mental impact inside, uh, mentally, it was a struggle. Mm. Just let's break it down. Mentally, didn't really feel happy. Okay. Never felt I was good enough, and always wanted more, but knew that it. I'd never get it. Mm. And so... Wanted more in what way? I just wanted to be better than I was at that current moment. Okay. As in just socially, on the pitch, off the pitch? Just, I want to be a... I've always assumed that if you train really hard and if if you're a nice person and if you play your whole life some random guy's going to come up to you and ask you if you want a pro contract and that's what I was like striving mm. towards. Then I realized one thing, that is not how this works. Mm. Doesn't matter if I've trained, like my like I said at the very beginning, my dad came up to me and said, if I trained as half as much as you did for football, I'd be a pro by now. Rugby is not the sort of game where 
just because you're nice and you're good at the sport doesn't mean you'll get a contract. How much of an impact do you reckon what your dad said to you all those years ago had on how you approached life and training and sport at that time? Not that much, not that much, honestly, because my dad doesn't understand a single thing about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, like, I thought uh, I was going to get one of them deeper moments where you're like, the childhood stuff, but nah. No, my, <laughs> the childhood stuff is, my dad once came to a football game of mine, and I was in goal, and he literally said like this, he's like, look, I didn't come here on a rainy day, on a random Saturday, to watch you not do anything in goal, if you're going to play, play. If not, don't. Boring. And I was like, ah, <laughs> cheers, dad. And uh, that was a good game for me because I was like, I used that positive reinforcement. And ever since then, I've never asked my dad or mum to lift to sports. So from a very young age, I always did like took myself to sports. Oh, wow. And uh, so... Yeah, and then there used to be a period of my life where my family were, I came back into rugby after uni. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about let's talk about how you started playing, how you got back into it, and, yeah, and that change, you know, because you you were like if we're, if we're recapping a tiny bit, you were at your lowest, and you were overcompensating, and you were training your hardest, and you were having a lot of self doubt and a lot of different emotions and different feelings how how did it change from coming back home and getting back into rugby coming back home uh it was hey bo i heard you're back in back in london you want to come play sports and i was like this i was like sure honestly i just had I was like, I'm going to go back to Wasps. I'm going to go back to my happy place. Mm. Might as well. Then, literally, I was just being asked to come back. No one wanted. No one in Loughborough asked you to come back. No one in Loughborough was like, oh, mate, how are you doing? This, that, the other. And this is why I talk about being isolated and being alone. Mm. Like I was at school. No one at university asked me, like, am I going to come back to rugby? People like, you're not playing? Cool. That's big. And you're like, oh, sweet. Fair. No one really cares. Cool. Wasn't an issue. It's just like, you know, no one asks. So you just never have it in your mind. Like, yeah, no one, like, everyone stopped caring. It's fine. Like, there's no point of playing rugby again. Mm, like, I mean, sure, I had, like, a game or two throughout the year where I, like, played. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. But then I ne I turned around and was like, okay, I'm not playing again. Bye. Mm. then coming back home being asked to come down to Worcester to play again it's just fun just you know felt wanted so um, I came down how, how important was that feeling wanted factor because I mean it sounds like you went to school you played rugby you wasn't as you say you wasn't completely like you didn't feel accepted as a person and then in uni it sounds like not the same thing because, I mean, uni is a whole different experience to growing up in school. But it was still, like, there wasn't that full acceptance. Missing that connectivity with people. Mm. Well, is that something you feel you need? Is that something imperative to you? 
I feel like it's something I needed at the time. Mm. So when I was, like, I can't say when I was younger, but it was when I was younger, so I was about 21, 22. I needed that, like, social aspect, but, like, not the social aspect of, like, let's go out for drinks. Mm. I needed that social aspect. It was like, oh, mate, we're here for you when we're sober. We're here for you when we're drunk. We're just here for you. If mm. you want to come down and play, you know who the boys are. Everyone's going to accept you. Everyone loves you as a person. Mm. We love who you are on and off the field, regardless of if you're a complete weirdo or not. I'm like, oh, cheers, boys. That means a lot to me. And then I played another two seasons at Wasps uh, because I just felt at home, even mm. though I was constantly told by my by my family and by friends, oh, mate, you can definitely like play a high-level rugby. Mm. You can always... You should definitely play a high-level rugby. I was like, oh, gosh. Don't want to do it. I mean, for context, the Wasps at the time probably playing like level nine. And then more recently, level eight. But that was more for a league restructuring kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you played at Wasps. So was it like similar? Because that's another big transition that we're going to end up, you end up going through because you're playing... Obviously, you played at Wasps with your age group. You played at uni with people more or less your age group. Played at school with more or less your age group. When you went back to Wasps at 21, 22, you're playing senior rugby with with big men that have full-time jobs and... So... You know, fully grown, physically, like... It... It wasn't a big transition for me because when I was, throughout my three years at Loughborough, the two years I was playing rugby, I, I kept going back home oh, so on you're the weekends. Playing. So I was playing senior rugby from when I was like 18 onwards. Oh, fair. Okay. But like that transition from that one year. Hello, everyone. So we had some technical difficulties. As you can see, our clothes have changed and... The clothes changing is the technical difficulties. Yeah. So... The memory ran out on the phone, so we're just going to try our best to pick up where we left off. We were getting some good stuff from, from Mr. Boyan about getting back into rugby after the difficulties of university. And yeah, so let's try our best and see where we can go from here. So I think it ended saying that we were talking about how Wasps were a level nine club at the time. I think that's where we did start and start off. That's where we ended off. That's where it cut. That was the that's cut where off it point. cut off. So I think it was about an hour into the podcast. Yeah. I actually turned around to check the camera, and the phone was completely just like, "Yeah, no, no data." And I was like, "Sweet, mm. thanks, so, awesome." Yeah, we'll try pick up this mess and see where we go. So, yeah, for context, what was a level nine rugby club, and I think it was just. I was saying at the time where I was about to just stop playing rugby completely right off to uni. Yeah, and they called. So, yeah, talk to us about how you ended up getting the call back and what convinced you to come. Well, it was I was sat down at home and it was, you know, it was like, hey, Boyan, I heard you're back from uni. Do you want to play rugby? And I was like, oh, I don't play rugby anymore. And I was like, what do you mean to play rugby? And I was like, oh, I stopped playing rugby just uh like just just got tired of it and he was like mate how about you just come down for a few training sessions 
come down for a few training sessions and see how you feel. And I was like, cool. We got a new coach, and at the time, his name was Martin. And big up Martin. Big up Martin. He was a great coach. And we were there, and it was off my first season back after a year out. And I was like, oh, this is going to be tedious playing second team rugby because Martin didn't know who I was or anything. He just heard about me. I was like, oh, well, let's see what he can do. After the first game of the season, just got back to the first team and just got back to the groove of things. Mm. So what year was that? I think that was uh, the year before COVID. So 2019? 2019. Okay. So how how did it feel back getting... How did it feel getting back amongst it in that first training session after everything you went through previously? Well, that first training session, what was going through your head? The first session in my head, I was like, I just want to get this over and done with. I want to come here, do some running, and that's it. I don't want to overexert myself. I just want to come through, see how I feel. If I feel good, I'll crack on. If not, I'm just going to call it a day. You done well to give it a chance, though. Just a tiny bit. Not too much. It's been all right. I mean, I've achieved a few things. Ever since getting the call back, it was, it to me, it felt kind of like home because a lot of the time, the last few years when I was at uni, it wasn't really like getting a call to come and play. It was more like, oh, if you want to play, you can. And the environment wasn't the environment I was looking for. Even playing international rugby, it was very... It was, it was basically all like, I felt like it was against me. Mm, we'll get on to the international rugby in a little bit. So, yeah, no, it just, going back to Wasps, going back to my original club, uh, just like I said, during school times, I found more, I found it nicer to be playing club rugby than it was to be playing school rugby. Mm. Even though I saw the boys less than I actually do my own schoolmates, it just felt nicer. Mm. So did it take much convincing for you to come back? Was there a lot of thought process into... It was about it was about three messages. Okay. About three messages. Well, like back to back. Back to back messages. Like about triple, three messages. Triple text. A triple text that I was like, yeah, I'll come through. Okay, fair, fair, fair. So um, how, how was that um, season, that first season back then for you? It was a stressful season still because it was a season where I was struggling with work struggling to balance work li- a full-time work life and uh playing rugby on the weekends so i wouldn't i wouldn't attend a l- like a lot of trainings i'd just come in train when i could train and i then i'd leave it after that and it, yeah it was stressful because i just felt like i didn't know where i was at the time i kept going from like work rushing to get back to to training and it kind of started the cycle i didn't want to do of Mm. like rushing my life yeah so let's um just for a bit of context um boyan what do you do for a living currently i'm a stonemason so i get big slabs of stone i cut them down and i refit them into kitchens Mm. so quite a laborious job then quite physical on top of playing a very physical sport Oh, sometimes I just wake up in the morning with like a bad ankle or a bad knee or just my shoulder being in bits. And I'm like, I need to carry this kitchen in today. Mm. Don't really want to do it. And it 
that doesn't help that it's all the way. So when I was playing at Wasp, which is down the road from my house, it's all the way up in Aylesbury. Mm. So it's an hour's drive there. So if I was to work, let's say, an extra 30, 40 minutes, because, you know, if it's your own family business, you have to, you just, you know, you work a bit extra. I'd be rushing to, I'd be rushing time to like kind of get back home, get my stuff and just head back to training, go mm. to training, spend an hour and a half, literally no breaks in between. Yeah, so that that must have been quite that must have been quite um taxing both mentally and physically. Did you ever worry about not being able to go to work because of the repercussions of playing rugby? Vice versa. It, I was scared of not being able to rugby because I had to work and then after playing rugby I felt like oh, I'm injured. I can't go into work and mm. with a lot of people when you're like I work for myself, I do family business stuff you're able to like, you know, kind of be like, ah, you know, I can tell my dad that I'm not feeling well, dad to go in, mm. this, that, the other. But a lot of the time I'd have to crack a painkiller and just cr carry on like there was nothing. Okay, so how long were you, how long did it take for, for coach to put you back in the first team? Two games. Okay, so not too long. Not too, it wasn't too, I didn't feel, I didn't feel shit about playing for the second team. No, of course I didn't not. feel bad. I didn't feel... I'm not one of those players who are like, oh, if you put me second team, I don't want to play. Mm. Just, you know, if I get to play rugby, I get to play rugby. Yeah, that's the most important outlook. At the end of the day, it's the same club. Exactly. You're representing the same badge. You're playing the same games. Nothing really changes fundamentally. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about... Um, because we, we got onto some really juicy stuff before the camera cut off. So just um, a quick run by of that season, a quick summary, that first season back. First season back, play, play two twos games, play a few one games, not don't play a few games because I'm working. Was late to a few games. I felt bad. Then after the season ended, I tried looking for a new club. Mm. So talk to me about that. Why did you go trying to look for a new club? So I just... It was more like I just wanted to play better rugby. The higher level. Uh, so I tried to play a higher level rugby. So I went around to several different clubs. So I went to several different level five clubs. And each club was great. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I just couldn't. Mm. I couldn't find my. I couldn't find my middle. Mm, I couldn't find my balance in between playing rugby and enjoying it. Mm. And um, another thing um, that we did talk about, because this was a very key point before the recording got cut off, um, it was that sevens tournament. Um, so we played uh, every year, most years, Wasps host uh, uh, an in-house, not in-house, but like a Wasps invitational sevens. So where Wasps play and they invite other clubs around the area or other clubs that they know will have any kind of association. And we play a big old tournament of sevens for the day whether it's the the women's team or the men's team or whatever's going on it's just a it's just a good summer day out really but yeah so we played in the sevens tournament i was there i also played a bit looking good yes make sure it's recording this yeah, time yeah no around. we can't this is the juicy part yeah, yeah, i can't so it, it the mental trauma it's going to give me it's going to cause me like a lot mm. of grief i have to say it a third time yeah so we played the sevens tournament and um, I'll just give a quick run by. We played a sevens tournament. It was the group stage, how pool, whatever. 
four or five teams. We finished, I think, second in our group. Had some good moments. Um, we ended up playing in the Shield. So the first team, the fir- the team that finishes first goes for the Cup. Team that finishes second or third, I don't remember. It was a while ago now. They go for the Shield. We played in the Shield. Um, we got to the final of the Shield. Um, Boyan turned up in those in in those games. He scored. He was our he was our talisman. He scored the tries. I'm not even trying to gas him too much because otherwise his head will be too big to leave this room. But yeah, he scored two tries um, in one game. He scored a couple of tries in the final. We ended up losing that final. Um, and um, yeah, um, obviously, the your, was it your, your dad and your brother came to watch. And from my perspective of what I saw that day was they came to watch, they said something to him, and then Boyan had like a bit of a, 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 a breakdown. Would you say that's an appropriate way to term it? That is the summary of my sevens tournament right there. Okay, so obviously I'm talking from the outside perspective that, like, you know, he was crying. Coach was giving him a hug. We were trying to cheer him up, make him feel good. Because although we lost, he, he had a good game. We had a good tournament. It was it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, so take it from there, Boyan. So it was in amateur rugby when you play a sevens tournament, a lot of the time, if it's not like a festival or something, you play a whole sevens tournament in one day. And that's what we did for Wasp 7s. So we played about, f- it's not about the fifth game we played that day. I think, I think even more, I think like six or something. I, f- I think it was the fifth because I think it was three group stages. No, we played, it was like four group stages. Oh yeah, but I forget those. That's be- like five, six games. Even then, that's a bit excessive. Mm. And I was physically, I didn't rest that much during the tournament because I just wanted to play rugby. So I kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. And it got to about the, s- the last game, so the finals. And I was physically and just mentally just out of it completely and my dad and brother came through which is nice of them but they came through at the very end of the tournament and they assumed that it was like the first game of the day because normally you know when you play rugby you play about like kickoff three four o'clock and so they came out that time after me playing five games and they tried to have a chat with me and a lot of the time when you're like focused into the focused in you're just trying to do your bits, trying to do your warm-ups and get everything sorted. You're trying not to waste that much energy. That's what I was trying to do. And I just couldn't really give him a lot of answers because I was just I was warming up for once. I was taking it I was taking it very seriously, which in hindsight I shouldn't have. Should have had a bit of fun with it. But I was tr- warming up, I was doing sit and they just like, you know, tried to have a, like a casual chat with me, everything, you know, being happy and stuff like that. When they don't know I'm actually playing the finals to win win some uh, silverware, and I'm just like guys, I can't talk right now. This, that, the other, and I must have conveyed it in a very, you know, rushed in a very like kind of poor way because then they got pissy at me, and they started being negative towards me. Started saying, "Oh, just, what's the point of us even coming out to support you if you're all you're gonna do is like you know treat us like this X Y Z," just being kind of like negative on it. And the negativity they get, they threw at me kind of hurt me, like, emotionally. And so I'm playing a game, and I'm so like, oh, I'm, I'm already tired. And now I have this, like, dagger in the back of my back of my head from what my, pre- my brother and dad said. And, you know, we end up losing the finals mm. to uh, just, just an unlucky play. Mm. Uh, one player's in front of me. He gets the ball, 
I'm like following him, and I'm like, like I can I can make the tackle, I can stop the t I can stop him scoring the try. It's all good. Then from nowhere, there's someone just below me. Literally, one of my teammates has fallen down, and he hasn't he hasn't got up or rolled away. So I'm like tracking the guy, and I just fall over. And once you fall over in sevens, and you're already exhausted, it's a nightmare to get up. And so then the guy gets the breakthrough and scores a, scores the game winning try for his team. You know, congrats to him. And all I just see is like, you know, it's like what I remember is like a look of disgust from my brother and dad. Like you know, like I wasn't good enough. And you know, when you're in that like at the lowest point, and then that like breaks you. You're just there like, oh, I just wish I wasn't playing at all. And you're like, you know, the memories of school, memories of like university, memories of why I stopped playing rugby, start flooding back into it. And I just literally lost it, went to coach and coach was like, mate, what's wrong? I was like, I just, I lost the game for us. Because in that moment, you don't really think straight. You're just like, it was my fault. I lost the game for us. And coach was like, oh, what what do you mean lost the game for us? Like it's not your fault. One try led to us losing. You know there's sevens. It's a whole game. It's not a one man sport. And then I just literally felt shit. So I started crying. I started like the waterworks and everything. And I just felt kind of pathetic because I had people around me that didn't know me that well. Like seeing me cry like I was a kid. And I'm just there like ah oh, this is this is terrible. Wish I wasn't here anymore. And yeah, it's just people realize that, you know, you might on the surface, you might seem like this happy-go-lucky person. You might be like, you know, playing your sport. But just because you play your sport doesn't mean like the end result makes you happy. And yeah, that was like one of the few times I've cried after playing rugby. Just, you know. And ironically, it was what made you cry didn't have anything directly to do with the rugby itself. No, to be fair, if I lost the game and my, my brother and dad weren't there, I think I would have been like, ah, oh, shucks, we lost. Disappointed. Disappointed. We moved. But we moved because it's just a sevens tournament. But like because of their initial reaction and their the initial like emotional, like, damage that their comments made to me it just kind of caused a downward spiral and yeah it just made me be like oh why am i playing this sport again and and what did that moment lead to for you just led to me doing a lot of things just saying i'm gonna play this sport but i'm gonna do it my way i like literally stopped looking for acceptance from people I've started to do a lot of things because I want to do it myself. So it was it was another long season that was cut short. And I just started to play rugby the way I play it. Mm. Your own freedom and your own... Yeah, I think I've become a bit more vocal to my coaches too. Because before it used to be like, I'd just nod, give them a thumbs up and be like, yeah, let's do it like that. Let's do it like this. But nowadays, it's like me actually questioning everything. Like, look, I don't want to do that. Or I don't know why you want me to do that. And just starting to become more of a... Not 
just becoming a bit more like open to the idea of like, look, just because it they said to do it, I don't have to do it. Mm. I've started becoming more like, if I'm not enjoying it, what's the point? Mm. So you sort of started to search for that own enjoyment of your own accord, not Pr- through the acknowledgement of others. Pretty much. Pretty okay. I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I'll be honest. I think rugby is uh, is one of the main factors why my ex was done with me. Okay. So that comes a little bit later down the line. Yeah. Um. So um, obviously, after that sevens tournament, it was the first full season. So that summer was the build-up to the first full season post-COVID because obviously we lost the season in between. So obviously you had 2019-20 season finished that was cut short, finished around March, April, depending on the level and the league and how many teams you have and how many fixtures. Then we lost the whole season. Everyone knows what happened in COVID, particularly in this country and how we were affected and how our whole lifestyles were affected. So... um. Just to add a bit of context, um, it was it was basically our first proper rugby, really. Yeah, 2021. 2021, 2021 summer. Yeah, that was, oof, that was a while ago. Yeah, I know. Time flies. Time flies. So, 2021 summer. So, um, going into that season, you had this complete change of perspective in terms of how you view the game and how you view yourself and how you want to approach things both on the pitch and off the pitch. How did that impact that first full season back from COVID? Because obviously we had the transition as well of having to deal with playing rugby and a full season of rugby for the first time in in nearly two years. I just, before I'd be like, yeah, you know, someone's not playing that well. They don't know the sport that well. That's fine. We can kind of, you know, if they want to play, they're playing it because they want to play it. And I kind of took it a bit more seriously. So we had a few players that thought they were like, you know, top of the table. They were the, they were the, <laughs> they were the creme de la creme. And they were just being like complete, like just like, you know, just complete not like douches. Mm. And you kind of have to like tell them like, mate, this isn't, this isn't what you think it is. You can't just come to a random club and be like, oh, start demanding things from people. And I just had to like put my foot down a lot of times, but like, nah. A lot of times I'd be, I'll apologise for things that I do. But this season, it was the start of the season where I was like, I wasn't being that apologetic for my decisions in a game. Because mm. I'd gladly be like, look, I did something. Fair enough. But it was my own decision. Um, and yeah, I just started backing myself more than anything else. Mm. When people ask me, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? I'd say because I want to. So did that confidence within yourself... Tra- um did it, did it um I'm trying to find the appropriate word but did that did that confidence that you built in yourself in terms of that you that from the fresh perspective did that did that follow you off the pitch as well Yeah because I think I'd say I just kind of started saying no to a lot of things off the field as well mm. because a lot of the time being a yes man is it's great for socializing but then being your own person I started to look at things and be like look do you know what I actually don't want to do this I'm not going mm. and I had a bit of resistance with my family as well because there were some things that I used to do when I was younger so like Serbian dancing my parents liked me doing that it's a traditional thing that's all fun and I just kept saying like look I'm not doing it I don't want to do it 
and there'll be a bit of resistance. Like, why don't you want to do it? I was like, well, just played rugby. I'm not putting my body in more stress to make you guys happy. I want to make myself happy first. And by doing that, I'm going to do what I want to do and just relax. Mm. Friends call me out. Nah, not going out. Sorry, don't want to do it. I'm at home. And just for a bit of context, we're talking about like the peer pressures that you can go, that one can go through when playing at a rugby club in terms of the drinking and staying out and staying out. Yeah, pretty much. Like, don't get me wrong. I do like having a good, having a few drinks with the boys and stuff like that. But a lot of the times, you know, if, if I have a bad performance or I think the team does bad, I'm not going to spend time with them afterwards. I'm going to go home. I'm going to relax. I'm going to be like, look, that was a complete pain in the ass. I don't want to hang out with you boys anymore. Mm. Which I should have done when I was younger as well. Like, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, my teammates at school, they weren't really my friends. They were just teammates. I should have literally mm. so I like, look, play rugby, go home, relax. Mm. Not play rugby, try to hang out with guys that don't really like me that much, be a yes man, and then go mm. home. So a big character development moment for you. Pretty much. Okay. So we play that season, obviously, um, 21-22 we're talking about now. So following the Sevens tournament mm. and that moment that happened, played however many games. I think it's like 18 games a year in the league or whatever. 18, 20 games. You know, yeah, between 18 and 20. Um, so, uh, yeah, we play through that season. Obviously, I remember at the time you had your work commitments as well and you had to take time off. Yep. And how did how how did that new perspective of of doing things for yourself change how you felt about having to take that time off for work? I I literally said like, well, work comes first. I still say it. You know, rugby doesn't pay the bills, so I said work comes first. Mm. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I'm working in the morning. If I get to the game late, I'll get to the game late. If not. That's how it is. Didn't make me any any less effective than I was. Mm. Like I came to the game late, five minutes, warmed up, went onto the pitch, played forty minutes, shot off straight away. Mm. Just you know, did as much as I can with the time I time I had, and you know, because I just you have to work. Mm. Okay, and um, you know what? Just before we get into the rugby league talk, which is something I'm particularly looking forward to hearing is the international stuff. So um, I just want to quickly talk about that. Uh, and obviously we did talk about the perspective stuff. Yeah. So um, obviously when you started the international, before that character building moment in the Sevens tournament, let's talk about international, who you played for and how that goes about because obviously... I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a quick summary of this one yeah. because I don't I don't feel like it needs that much explanation. No, just, just, just a little, just shine a little light on it. Uh, so I got selected to play under-18s for Serbia when I was under-18s, as you do. Mm -hmm. as uh, you do. Then they kept in contact. They hit me up when I was at uni to play for the first team. That was fun. Then sustained a few injuries, as you do in rugby. And then just a lot of the time, because I'm born in this country, not born in Serbia, I get looked at differently. Mm. So when I'm speaking Serbian, people are like, oh, you got an accent. I was like, well, yeah, I do have an accent because I'm not here 24-7. Mm -hmm. And last game I played for them, before I did like a massive international break, 
was against Bulgaria. I got injured, and that was literally just a terrible camp for me. Mm. It was uh, the players being complete, like, just not being nice people, which is what I try to avoid. They were literally saying, like, oh, it's not my fault. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. This, that, the other. And you're like, the mentality that comes with playing international rugby, I don't need uh, a guy who can just about pass a rugby ball. And this is not my feel feelings now this was in the moment mm. uh, it's like I don't want someone who doesn't know how to pass a rugby ball properly or is being complete and utter like you know narcissist to him being a rugby player like talking down to me so after that played against Bulgaria we lost I injured my shoulder called my brother called my dad told him I hate hate playing international rugby and they said, no, it's not that bad. It's like, how can it not be that bad? Why are they throwing shade on me? Because, you know, defensively, I was in my position. The other team, Bulgaria, they flung the ball up to the other side and they got through. And then one of the players, one of the coaches comes up to me and says, I'm listening. Comes up to me and says, oh, why aren't you defending your man? I'm like, sorry. You want to say that again? It's like, yeah, why aren't you defending your man? It's like, how can I defend my man when he's 50 meters on the other fucking side of the pitch? Mm. You know, I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, are you are you having a giggle? I don't, I don't know if you're serious or not. Because last time I checked, if I'm on the left side of the pitch defending, how can I defend the right side of the pitch? Mm. So, um... <laughs> So um, just while, um, because we deviated a little bit from <sighs> the story to go back to the international stuff. Obviously, the international stuff happened before the key moment in the sevens. Um, so, yeah, we're just, you know, only human. We can only remember certain so things. So much. Yeah. So um, um, just on a quick one, um, just for viewers and um, and listeners. So how does it work with um being called up? Because um what tier would you say Serbia are in that rugby? So in rugby Europe, mm. there's you know, just European rugby, but it's not six it's below six nations. Mm-hmm. So you have rugby you have six nations, you have the European Championship, you have the League One, mm-hmm. you, have s- you have first conference and second conference. We're in the second conference. Okay. So we're like, you know, it's not the best rugby. But it's fun rugby, in my opinion. It's still international. It's still yeah. representing your country. So um, and now let's skip that, please. I don't want to talk about Serbia anymore. Just, 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 just one. Nah, sorry. One last question. <laughs> when it came to going, making your way to Serbia, was that something coming out of your own pocket, or was that something they paid for you, travel expenses and and accommodation? They'd pay for the accommodation, and they sometimes pay for the flights, but with the current system they have in place. Funding-wise, I can't speak from it personally, but whenever I went, I got free accommodation, free food, and I got free, basically free travel. That's from my experience. Uh, you know, some countries don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. A lot of countries, you've got to pay out of pocket to go travel, and yeah. Okay, so, um, okay, we'll move on from the international rugby side. Um, Thanks, thank you. <laughs> I could do a whole episode on it, but I don't um, yeah. So obviously, we're trying to build viewerships. We're trying to build a community. Should you listen, and should you have any more questions about international rugby or anything about either two of us, you can feel free to get in touch with us on our 
social media on platforms. our social media platforms over it and yeah i got so. told my editing was pretty bad so i'll just link it in the description <laughs> next to the like and subscribe button yes sir okay so um back to rugby league so yeah. um how did that come about playing rugby league by accident <laughs> By accident. <laughs> By complete and utter accident. So, um, just for con- the rugby league team, the rugby league team is West Warriors. Up the Wars. Up the Wars. Um, great side, great guys, great, great community, a brotherhood built. Um, they use the same facilities. They r- they use um the Wasps um rugby ground. That's where we play our games. That's where we do our training. So um yeah um they 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 were always around so it was very accessible so yeah how did how did the accident happen then I was meant to go to a stag do <laughs> but I was working so I couldn't go to the stag do Feeny stag do Feeny stag do I was meant to go to f- uh, one of our mates stag do's and I couldn't go because of work and. I looked at the timings and I was like, wait a minute, I can make it to the rugby, but I can't make it to the stag do. So I messaged ahead and I messaged one of my mates who said that West Warriors won a few players. And I was like, I'll play. Mm. And I played the resies. So Mm. I played second team rugby and it was fun. We lost 55 to four. However, I try assisted. Oh, I don't show off about no assist, bro. <laughs> bro, it's plus. It's like plus four in the fancy league, mate. It's fine, and I just had a lot of fun. <laughs> I I had a lot of fun. It was playing rugby in the summer. Mm. It was really fun, and then I've recently found out. So I was play. Then I got put into the first team the following week, mm. and a lot of the boys in Westbrook didn't know who I was. Okay. And Ruri, one of uh, Wasps FC legend, uh, who's big up, big up Ruri, uh, he was talking to one of the star players at West Warriors, and the star player Jack big looked up at Jack. big up Jack, Jack Payne Train. Uh, he looked at the team sheet and saw my name, and when you see my name, you get kind of confused because you see a lot of letters and not a lot of understandings, <laughs> and he's like, "Bro, who the?" Who the F is Bojan? And Ruri goes up to him and says, I promise you, he might not look like a rugby player, but he knows how to play. (laughs) Which has been the story of my life. Mm. So, play that one game. Okay, look, I'll I'll make you a bit happier. Three tries. Stop showing off, bro. (laughs) I'm joking. Three tries. uh, Got put on the wing and just enjoyed it. And... To cut a long story short, because of playing league, I went to playing. I f- I understood that I could play better rugby union, so I moved teams to Amersham. And that's when we that's when we go back to you explored a few different clubs. No, no, no. This okay, is this, uh, this is afterwards. Okay. So this is the season after exploring a few different clubs. I went back to Wasps. Then after the Wasp season, first one back after COVID, played rugby league. Then after playing rugby league, I said, I'm going to give it a shot playing rugby union at a better club. And I went, uh, there was a league restructure, was moved up by one level, which I think it was a decent, decent go at Wasps to be put in that level eight, which is good because I have, you know, it's nice to say you're a level eight club. Mm-hmm. 
and I went to a level six team. I went to Amersham, who are up the chilts. Up the chilts, the red and white dynamite. They gave me a chance to play wing. The story goes that the team manager met my brother in a hot tub at a, a sports club. <laughs> and my brother said, hey, my brother plays rugby. He's a really good winger. You should sign him. And Andy Grant in his Scottish accent says, oh, get him down to the club and I'll see what I can do. I met Andy Grant the first day there. I introduced myself and he looks at me. He's like, I think I've met your brother before. I was like, well, this is going to be awkward. He's like, yeah, I met him in the hot tub. I was like, sounds about right. He doesn't really use the gym when he's at the sports club. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been his signing. And I want to cut this short because I feel like this is going to be a two-hour podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk too much about myself because I need to go to my room and cry from this, from the PTSD of everything. <laughs> no, but it's, you know what? Better out than in. Of course. Uh, so playing rugby league, had a great season. Went into playing rugby for, for Amersham. I started a lot to learn. So I got picked up at play, as playing as a winger for the team as well. But I still had a lot to learn. And halfway through the season, I got told I need to attack more. I need to be a more offensive player, which kind of shook me a bit because I thought I was doing all right. So from the halfway through the, that first season at Amersham, uh, became more offensive, everything. And had the awards night for, for West Warriors. Got backs, most improved back of the season, which mm-hmm. was nice. Then after the first season at uh, Amersham, got the awards for best back of the season as well. So back to back, back awards, <laughs> back to back to back awards. Pew, 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 pew. And uh, all the struggles I had playing rugby amount to me being picked for two great teams, two wonderful mm. teams and starting to have more fun. Mm. Sure, it's a struggle sometimes, but at the end of the day, without those experiences, I wouldn't be here. And you know what? As a result, after you had that great year at Warriors, you convinced me to come down. And Tarek scored his try. Tarek scored a try for the boys. Oh. Um, yeah. He actually scored a 50-meter try. <laughs> yeah, I ran the whole pitch. He ran the whole pitch. From, yeah. t- from, from, from my try line to their try line, steps galore. <laughs> steps galore. I handed out Fendi bags. He went, me. He, went for the, he, went, he went for the... The goosey Ooh. as well. Yeah, come on. And if the, if the boys, if the, the boys will vouch for that, I'm the sure. boys will vouch for that. Yeah. In reality, he got an offload t- like five meters from the try line and just put it through. Why are you? Why are you ruining my gloss, bro? <laughs> no, 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 no. He still handed out Fendi bags. I still handed out Fendi bags. Like, but come on. yeah. No, but um, yeah, a lot of fun. Here's his. Yeah, I'm just. I just thought it'd be cool up to throw out there his positive experience influenced me and then it led me to having positive experiences myself the following summer so yeah and now hopefully i have a chance to play for serbia and rugby league yeah 2026 world cup here we come you You heard it here first folks are you guys even going to qualify anyway thank you very much for listening to the podcast guys (laughs) uh this this has been the interview with boyan chacharic hosted by Tarek uh mustafa yeah, why do you struggle so much? I can say your surname. Your surname's harder to say as well. I was making sure I didn't mispronounce it. <laughs> Mustafa, Mustafa. Yes. Big love, people. Like, subscribe, comment, share with your family, friends, your dog, all that jazz. And yeah, we'll catch you on the next one.